Welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nelly J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's episode 96. 96. 96, wow. Fahim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 96, um, like straight weeks, no break. Hashtag no break, okay? <laughs> so, guys, we're so excited for our guest. He's coming from Georgia, from the South. You're going to love his accent, y'all. Love his accent. Fahim, please introduce who we got. All right. We got somebody who's uh, definitely uh, got things covered from baseline to baseline. Somebody who is going to give us a lot of insight in regards to what he has going on, but also to ongoing topics we got today also. So I'm very flattered to welcome Derek Williams, the second to the podcast today. Derek, Derek, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. Derek. You, you know, Nelly, I wish you would have told me that you was going to sing. You know, we could have did a three-part harmony of, of the good rookies, you know. I wanted to, you know, try out my, you know, my, my newfound falsetto. You know, I don't know how good it is, but, you know, I could have did me a little good rookies, you know, a little bit with it, you know, good just rookies. a little bit. Yeah, another falsetto. Bit, in the falsetto, you know, got to do a little falsetto, you know. Oh, I could I, do a little baritone, maybe with some bass or something, but, you know. Oh, my rookie. goodness. You know. you know what? I'm laughing because, you know, you're someone that you know is always like always someone that has dropped gems like you always know knowledge but also we share a common interest Derek we are both fans of the Denver Broncos so we Absolutely. both get roasted by a lot of these un these haters of the Broncos so thank you for all having my back especially in clubhouse when certain people try to come at us you know what I'm saying so big up you to you know what <laughs> And then, you know, I forgot about that, even though I know it, like when you come in the rooms and things like I, I know that, but I would, when we have a break, I'm going to switch to the Broncos hat. I got like 20 of them, but uh, I'm gonna, as we do segments, I'm just going to switch different Broncos hats as we oh. go through. <laughs> so they know, so they know it's real. They know it's a real thing. Understand? No, 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 but it's true. So before we jump into the hot topic, I have a quick question for you, right? You're oh. from Georgia, you rep Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I feel like y'all have won a lot of stuff, like. Again, another city, Fahim, that doesn't really get recognition, but you got to pretty much won in every sport. Maybe not hockey, but you've won. Not football. They don't win football. Well, football, yeah, football, you know, they've made it far. But I, I would say college, maybe college football, they do Go dogs. Well. Go dogs. I mean, we finally got one after 40 years. Uh, you know UGA. what I mean? Go yeah. dogs. And then <laughs> in a, in a, the Braves won, you know. So yeah, we got the Braves. I mean, we had we had a good We had a good, we had a pretty year. good sports uh, year. Yeah, so, I mean. So I would say which 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 Atlanta team is the most has the most like fan base like in your city because I feel like every team is quite strong. Um, I would say the least is probably the Hawks because I don't. I, I heard nah, Hawks game yeah, least pretty- is least would definitely I would say would be the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's 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 neck and neck, and I I can't speak from this from a, a complete educated standpoint. Of course, um, because. I'm not a fan of the Hawks ever since no, they traded Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins for Danny Manning. I've hated the Hawks ever since. Um, I'm I'm a Braves fan. I'm a Braves fan, you know, true and true. So I would tell you the Braves is number one. And I would say probably the Falcons is a close second. Okay. But I would but during the football season, there's so many Falcons fans. So I would say Braves and Falcons are probably neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Braves win more than the uh Falcons do. So you know, it's a little bit more to be uh, be happy about the Falcons. If you see a Falcons fan, it's by the time you get to like October, November, all of them on suicide watch. Um, they're drunk, and then the crimes in the city go up because they always fight. Because we have a, a huge uh, New Orleans presence in Atlanta as well. Interesting. And uh, and so New Orleans and Atlanta's big rivals. You know, they're big, they're huge rivals. That's the number one rivalry. And New Orleans every time it's not a rivalry because New Orleans wins more now than Atlanta does. And so you ought to see the New Orleans people when they when they're beating the Falcons here and they're doing their second lines on the Mercedes Benz Stadium and talking this stuff all <laughs> over the city. But um, I would tell you goes neck and neck between the Braves and the um and the Falcons. That's good to know. So anyone wanted to know about Atlanta teams, there you go, the Braves and Falcons. What's up, Fahim? What you got for that? <laughs> uh, Derek, anyone ever mentioned the Atlanta United? You know what? You, um, I think there's more cultural thing, uh, Fahim. Right. Um, and so now if you go to Atlanta United game, like it's lit. Like it's, man, the energy and the excitement. 
Um, but culturally, you know, just being, a, you know, just a, a black American, soccer mm -hmm. is not our, soccer is not our, our sport. Right. You know, and so even though it's the world sport, but it's not really our sport, but the games are packed, but we have a huge, Atlanta's a huge melting pot. So we have a huge, you know, Caribbean, Caribbean presence. We have a huge uh, Latin American presence, Mexican presence, um, Puerto Rican, and all the places that play soccer. Like, man, um, right where I live, man, they, they go and turn the tennis court to a soccer court. Soccer is huge. Um, and so it's a huge deal. But uh, no, they're not going to really mention uh, Atlanta United. Like you have an argument, it's going to be. Hawks, Falcons, Braves. Even though Atlanta United broke the broke the streak of winning the championship like two or three years ago, but um, mm -hmm. they just yeah. there. And that, that's what I was asking because uh, Atlanta United apparently their attendance is really good for MLS standards. And mm -hmm. uh, so I was wondering. And you're right; it's, it all comes back down to uh, demographics where you are. I was wondering yeah. in your circles if you if anybody has mentioned a United. Uh, Gamer at all because I'm pretty sure there's their tenants is probably even more than the Hawks and maybe some of the others, right? So that's why I just asked. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because too, they're playing in Mercedes being stadium. So, you know, the capacity right. seating capacity and everything. Um, the Falcons games are packed too. Um, but the United like Atlanta United, like they 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 sell tickets, but like I say, you got a huge demographic here for it. Like Atlanta is a right. perfect city to be able to have soccer, um, exactly. based on the demographics here. So now nah, it's perfect. Nice. Interesting. Um Ooh. So we have, uh, do you follow high school basketball very much, Derek? Absolutely, man, especially in Georgia. You know, we, uh, I would tell you, we probably got the best high school basketball scene. You know, people mm -hmm. might say California, but, uh, uh you know, I think, I think Texas, I've heard Texas, yeah, is big Texas, too. Texas is big. Um, but when you start looking at these kids coming out, man, they're coming out of Georgia, man, we're popping them out, right? <laughs> you know, LA, LA is king, they're huge, they're bigger, way bigger than us, but you know, um, we're king down here. So, yeah, I follow high school basketball. <laughs> um, so, Overtime Elite, uh, mm -hmm. the, the league for high school players, that's given them an opportunity to play and, like, bypass going and playing in the NCAA or maybe overseas or playing in the G League. It's just another outlet for these high school players. Uh, they've actually made a big stride by – there's a tournament that uh, it's the TBT tournament. It pays a million dollars every year. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is the first year that they're actually incorporating um, high school players to play. And it's going to be top 10 players. So there's two players in particular, uh, Amin and Usar Thompson, mm -hmm. twins. The twins. They're playing. So they're high school players playing in this tournament, the TBT tournament, which is for a million dollars, uh, which I find very interesting just due to the fact that right now it's about disruption. And a lot of the, the normal channels are being, it's changed now. It's a new day. And um, it's really interesting to see that now, first of all, over time, uh, the league is doing amazing things. But see that now they're pushing the boundaries. And uh, with the whole, um, you know, player likeness now, or um, high NIL. school, NILs, exactly, things like that. It's just another option where it's like it's making it open uh, to players, making other, uh, making money and not being penalized, right? Mm -hmm. So. So, Todd, what you got with that, Derek? Well, I, you know, with the the over not the overtime elite and them playing in the TBT, you know, shout out to my brother. I know it's not shout out time, but my brother Cam Cam Tatum, uh, he's it's always in, shout out time. Anytime oh, you need, go ahead. Shout out, appreciate it. But he's played in um in, in a few uh, TBT tournaments and uh, has been on ESPN with them uh, with the Tennessee the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, my brother played at Tennessee. Shout out to my bro, my bro Cam. Um, but I think it's a good thing that they're actually playing. And it's not more so about the money. They have to win it to get the money, okay? And so right. it's not it's not a money deal. I, I like it because it's going to give them the exposure to other players and other types of players because now they're about to go in and play a lot of older guys, um, the guys that are probably, you know, been out the league for a minute, um, but they still got the, they got the, they can think the game. They're probably going to be a little more physical, be able to use their body um, in, a, in a different way. So now these players, they're not just doing the ISO skill sets that they're learning now based on how the NBA is set up. Um, and they're already skipping college. So they're not going to get a lot of the, 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 the IQ development because the NBA don't run the same sets that college basketball runs. Um, and so now they get to really just go against some guys that's going to probably be a, a little more physical with them because you know me being 18 new being 18 we don't know what's physical or not 
kids don't play in the summer anymore. They really don't play in the leagues. They're just AAU tournaments, and then they go with their trainer. You know, where growing up, we used to be outside. Like right now, it's 100, it's, uh, 100 degrees here in Atlanta. Heat index at 108. We would still be outside playing basketball. That don't exist anymore. Kids don't go outside anymore. And so to really be able to play with these older guys, some of these great veterans, uh, great guys that made a name in college, some made a name in the NBA, probably touched the league. And for them to be around those guys and be able to bang with those guys and really compete, because when you put a million dollars on the line, um, you're getting some some best shots. This is just not, hey, man, you know, we're trying to make it to the league, so don't hurt me. It's like, no, nah, it's a million dollars on the line. And it's going to be an older guy that can really use that million dollars. He's going to come at this high school kid as a man, because these high school kids are not really playing grown guys like we used to growing up. So, you know, I, I want to see how these kids respond. I think it's going to be a great mental test. Um, can they lock in on the target? You know, can they compete? Can they compete as a team? And just really looking at that goal. And I think it's no bigger goal. Like, hey, you can get an NBA trophy, but the opportunity to play for a million dollars, even though it's broken down, man, I think that's a huge carrot. And I want to see how these guys respond to be able to compete for that carrot. So I think it's a great thing. So um, I just want to mention, you mentioned uh, old players that are in there. Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot the players that seem to, old NBA players that seem to be in there, maybe had a better college career than an NBA career, but they still were good enough uh, yeah. to make the elite being, playing in the NBA. Uh, names like uh, Zyra Smith, Antonio Blakely, um, O'Malley Spellman, um, who else here? CJ Miles. Uh, yeah, you, got Dennis, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking, these are guys that, you know, they've, they've done their stint in the NBA. So um, it's good to see LEJ. Yeah, no, I think Derek made a great point, especially around the fact that they're going to be playing with more physicality. And for an 18 year old, the way they play in high school, um, I think is great for development. Like, like even if they don't win this tournament, I think only 64 teams qualify. The fact that over time even qualify, like, the team actually qualify for this, that's a big step because it's a million dollars. And I'm, I'm sure, Derek, you're in the States. I could imagine how many teams try to even make it, right, into this tournament and get rejected, right? Only 64 mm. can make it across the country. So that's a big step up from OTE, who just started their league when? A year? Was it two years ago for him? I, I remember I was talking about yeah. it when it first started like a year ago. Yeah, right? yeah. So they made a big January. leap into it now Derek your, your thoughts on you know with high school players do you think we're going to see more maybe um like AAU teams try to play in more of these adult type tournaments to develop their players or is this just a one-time thing that OTE is going to do or will this be a trend where we're going to see a lot more high schools or or, or high school uh, programs try to compete or at least get experience with more adult players because like Luca played with grown men all his life and we can see that it helped him in the NBA. So, 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 so I mean, your thoughts on that entire ideology? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that um, it's going to happen. Um, I think overtime elite is different because overtime elite is, is giving these kids opportunities to bypass college, and the NBA is starting to do that with the G League and saying, "Hey, we really want to be able to get these kids out of high school, um, but we put in this one and done rule to be able to make sure these kids go to college." Unlike Europe, um, I, I think it's the politics in the United States is the politics of our education system mm -hmm. to where, you know, in, in, in Europe, you know, anything, the quickest way between point A and point B is a straight line. So these kids are already being identified that they're going to be a basketball player. So they can go and start developing these kids at 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And as we know, as we found out is that these, the, the, the big clubs, the adult clubs, um, they bring in the younger guys and put them in the clubs and they're just, they just they raise them up within the club. You know, they're yeah, in the same that club. that happens in Europe, a, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and it happens, right, because these kids are not trying to go and be a doctor. They're not trying to go be a lawyer. So you don't hear them say, well, you know, we about to go and study and do this and then I got to go, to, I got to maintain a 3.0. Like, we don't know what Luca's GPA is. We don't know if Luca yeah. learned this or you're not going to tie him or attach him to a college or anything. Is you know, is we're, we're never going to say, hey, Luca, if basketball don't work, what is your plan B? Hey, Giannis, if basketball don't work, what is your plan B? So when we talk about these guys, they don't have to balance education with sports and entertainment. All right. It's just sports for them mm -hmm. over here. It's a balance between your education 
and being a basketball or football player or whatever. So you got to make a choice. So to be able to get to the best schools. So let's talk about Duke. Duke is a, uh, a prestigious university. You got to be able to qualify to get into Duke, right? Mm-hmm. So just imagine how many guys that probably could have went to Duke but couldn't qualify to go to Duke or Notre so Dame. So, so pause there, Derek. Pause there, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. why I'm saying programs like OTE and mm-hmm. other non... Because I, I think the reason why that was the case because the NCAA is a business. Let's be real. Absolutely. And they're a multi-billion dollar business. Now mm-hmm. we're seeing programs outside of it giving mm-hmm. high school students an, another option of not entering a draft. They can go to OT. Mm-hmm. I think Ignite. There's other options now that they can do outside of just mm-hmm. the NCAA. So what, so what I mean by that is that, so are mm-hmm. we going to see more high school players say, no college, I'm going to go straight to the OTE or even maybe oh, clubs oh. that will help them develop into the NBA. You know what I mean? I, th- I think the NBA is going to eventually back off that one and done rule. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's ultimately going to do um, because now you, you got the overtime at least, and I think that helps. You still, Like you say, you're seeing the G League now. But the NBA is going to back off of it and because now – if a kid don't want to go to college, it don't make sense for him to take up a scholarship for somebody that probably want to go and probably want to stay two or three years and that really needs to develop because when we're looking at a lot of these guys that probably went number one or probably top 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 five of lottery, most of these guys are one and done guys. You know, we, we had an argument in our room about this and I'm like, once these guys are pegged and they're all American, 80% of them, they're just going to school as a formality. The biggest thing with college is they just can't mess it up. You just can't do nothing egregious enough to mess it up. Kyrie Irving played 10 or 11 games. He didn't need college. Now, he probably wouldn't have went number one, but he was going to be a lottery pick. John Wall did not have to go to college. He probably wasn't going to go number one, but he didn't have to go, right? And so once these guys are paid, college is just that. So, yeah, they, they need more outlets, but I think NBA just needs to back up off of it because if the NBA allowed these kids to go ahead and go, then you wouldn't need all this other stuff. And now the kids can really go and develop in college, like your Draymond Greens, who, who did three or four years, or your Steph Curry, who did three and four years, or, you know, those those guys that you can say, man, you became some in three or four years versus the guys that are ready because, Janelle, I might be a good fit for Duke. But I'm not going to go to Duke because Fahim is going to go there, but he ain't going to go there but for one year, you know. But now I got a transfer port. I might can sneak my way back in later on. But no, nah, let the high school kids that are ready. Some of these guys are ready. They've been trained, you know, and they don't have to do as much. I don't think the NBA game is as cerebral as a college game. Um, and so these kids are NBA ready because all they got to do is ISO instead of pick and pick on a guy and just say, hey, can I beat you one on one? There's no sets in the NBA. Like watch, watch the finals uh, tomorrow. It's not going to be a set ran. <laughs> Golden State run sets. With Boston, yeah. Boston just gonna say who's who's Steph Curry guard. Let's pick. I right, set the screen. I want Steph. Okay, Jason Tatum. I'm gonna go with Steph Curry. And so these guys are high school guys are learning ISO basketball now. So um, I think the NBA is gonna eventually have to back off of it. And you know, and I think with LeBron James and want to play with Bronny and uh, uh, what's my guy uh, that plays for Minnesota, the point guard Patrick Beverly. He said whatever the king wants is gonna happen. So if LeBron James want to play with Bronny, I think the NBA is going to back off this rule soon. So I think probably next year, so we'll probably see kids going straight from you know, high school to NBA again. Hey, prediction, y'all. Derek called it a good rookie. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I said, get, get, so give it two years. It's, it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, I wanted to do a quick shout out since we are talking high school basketball. Shout out to the Run Sports, Randy Holcomb. Um, and Definitely. Also we Big brother writer. right there. Big brother. Okay, cool. And we had a writer on here also for them, uh, Patrick. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Pat! Uh, right, yeah. See you, Pat. Pat Mack. Pat and Stats. So, yeah, they, they're definitely uh, and Ivory does, And Ivory did an article about his prediction on the draft, so check out for sure. That was, was a good read. Shout out, nice. shout out to yeah. Ivory as well, man. <laughs> they brethren, brethren. Shout out to Ivory. And, I, I, and for, on the Canadian side, we got a big up on point. They're like a high school. They cover all high school tournaments, men uh, and women, girls and boys, and Canleys. Canleys uh, is actually a woman. Uh, they cover all the, the, the girl, um, female girl basketball high school players, especially when they're selecting a high, like selecting their uh, NCAA. We've had a lot. I think I think about twelve girls 
have selected into the NCAA uh, next Ooh. season division. So, yeah, we got a lot of talent up in Canada, too, in high school. So, hey, hey, Shout out to Andrew Wiggins, uh, representing, oh, uh, representing hello. A. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins. Maple, Maple Jordan, they call him. <laughs> hey, hey, shout, shout out to Andrew Who knows, but who, who knows, by, by next week, Tuesday, they could, because this is coming out next Tuesday, This they, they could be champion. Andrew could have a ring, y'all. Let's, Let's see. Andrew, Mike, Mike can slip in and get a finals MVP as well. Oh, we're not going to go there. Uh, no. We're not going to go there. Hey, we're not going to go there tonight. Hey, hey, we seen Kawhi steal one like that, and we seen Andre Iguodala steal one oh, like that. I'm just God. saying. Uh, it's true. We have seen it. We have seen it. But, we've seen it. But, but Steph's numbers are insane. Like, right. insane. one-off game. I don't he's think one he's one-off game, one but he's averaging, game. like, 32 right. or something crazy. So, I think, I, I think, I really think um, Andrew has played, like, you know, the, the call of, like, both both ends exceptionally well. Um, and he stepped up when Steph needed him. But the first three games, the first, I'll say the first four games, Steph was integral <laughs> to this team. You know what I mean? So I, I, I get you. I get you. But these last two, you got Steph. The last two, one, one, true. One, one, of the, one of those games in a lap now. And then right. Andrew yep. Wiggins, 16 and 17. 17, that, that was crazy. All right, well, let's that, see how that, that plays crazy. out. But uh, someone I definitely want to shout out is, you know what? Nelly does go to For the Culture. For the Culture. We get to highlight individuals and people for the culture. And today, we get to highlight Derek Williams, the second y'all okay so he's a co-host of the 94 feet podcast that's the logo right behind him also vp of checkmate sports owner of williams and associates and he's played of course at tucker high coach at hill grove high school this man a many talent and he's still playing today he still plays ball today y'all he's just oh, doing, man, he's, do, he's doing it all <laughs> <laughs> so Derek, we're so excited to highlight you for the culture, man. How you doing, bro? <laughs> hey, 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 Nelly, man. I'm, I'm, I'm great. You know, I can tell you, life, life has been great, uh, especially uh, during the pandemic. You know, still be alive after after the crazy pandemic, and uh, to be able to come out on the other side and still things are, are running smoothly, uh, just is blessing, blessing. Then get to meet great people like you and Fahim. Uh, due to being <laughs> shut down in an app, uh, clubhouse, clubhouse app. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, life, life is life is great. Life is great, uh, Nelly. So, well, 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 Derek, I want to definitely highlight you because I think you're someone that I mean, you do so much, but mm -hmm. you will never know. Like it's like you make it look so easy. <laughs> you make life mm -hmm. seem so easy, but you're so busy. So walk us through on the creation of 94 Feet Podcast. The, the meaning behind the name, if those who don't know, as well okay. as who do you co-host that podcast with? Okay, so with the 94 Feet Podcast, man, I got, I got to shout out my brother Cam Tatum. So uh, for those of you who don't know Cam Tatum, he he has a Wikipedia page. Uh, that's that's my bro. Um, he came to me um, last year and he was saying, hey, bro, I want to you know start my podcast and I want you to be my co-host. And so... It was not originally supposed to be me to be the co-host. It was another guy, um, Wesley Witherspoon. Uh, great guy, played uh, University of Memphis. Um, also played at uh, uh, played for the San Antonio Spurs. He was supposed to be the co-host, man. Amazing personality and everything. But his schedule just was busy because he also coached uh, high school basketball as well. So you ever heard of the Witherspoon brothers out of Atlanta? Anybody in Atlanta ever watched this out of Burkmore High School? It's three brothers. Um, phenomenal basketball players. One brother played at Virginia Tech as well. Um, phenomenal, man. Great personalities. And we actually did a, a podcast with them as well. And so uh, Cam really wanted to do the podcast to really highlight um, Georgia high school basketball because we have so much talent to came that to come out of Georgia and a lot of guys that that you may know about like your Marshawn Brooks of the world shout out Tucker High School Marshawn Brooks of the world um, but everybody knows Lou Williams of course y'all know Lou Williams uh, in Toronto Drake made the song Six Man about him. You know, lemon, 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 pepper, Lou. Um, but it's other guys that um, if you even if you were even talk to Lou Williams or Mike Mercer, um, they would tell you like guys like Vincent Banks, man. Vincent Banks to me is the best high school player I've ever seen in my life. Um, amazing. But he did not make it out. Um, and so there's so many guys in Georgia that just did not make it out that we just really wanted to um uh, highlight and be able to you know talk to uh, like Glenn Rice Jr. and all those guys from there but 
from Clubhouse, it just exploded to something totally different. Uh, but Cam Tatum is the brainchild of 94 Feet, and then we end up bringing our brothers in. Uh, Nelly, you come in there. Um, I argue with Jamal McKenzie all day long. That's my that's my that's my big brother. Um, God Godfather to my daughter, man. Um, even though I hate him on the app, I love him to death. Um, he's been a very um, a pillar on 94 Feet. Uh, Justin Ravenel. Uh, Came out of uh, Green Forest High School, state champion. Um, also played at FAMU. Also has um, one of the top, I want to say he's the top 23-point made season in NCAA history. Um, mm. Had 100 threes made. I mean, it's a couple, two seasons in a row. Uh, you know, play, played overseas as well, but uh, ended up going to the corporate force, man, doing, doing a great job in that. And then also we brought my dad in as well um, in 94 feet. So uh, Pops oh. does a lot with the clubhouse as well. So if you ever go in there, Derek Williams, Senior Pops, uh, he does a lot with the 94 feet podcast as well. So those are the, you know, the pillars. And then we have, you know, shout out to everybody that come and supported Nelly. You know, definitely appreciate you for popping in there. Uh, Ran, um, former, you know, former NBA player as well. Uh, Dane, a scout for the Phoenix Suns, um, who got smooth um, out of Boston. Um, Mr. Greg, um, they come out of Boston, um, you know, and so we just have a great nucleus and core. So many people that come through and support. So if I miss your name, please, uh, please don't take it please to heart. Don't take it personal, um, please don't take it personal. You know, just, yes. but um, that <laughs> not 94 feet was the brainchild of Cameron Tatum. And 94 feet just represents the dimension. So if, un unlike FIBA, we on a feet system, you know, and so it's 94 <laughs> feet, man, from baseline to baseline. And so, um, that's Unlike cool. FIBA that use meters, you know, we use feet. So 94 feet podcast, uh, Cam Tatum's brainchild. He just let his big brother, man, just take it, you know, and uh, do a little something with it. No, I love that. And like, we're definitely going to have links to your uh, YouTube as well, mm -hmm. links to your clubhouse. So those kids who don't know about it, they can join um, in the debates. I also want to talk about you being VP of Checkmate Sports. Now okay. you played high school basketball, right? You played in Correct. high school, you coached. So mm -hmm. how is that? So how did sports help you prepare for, for, for the corporate world? I think people don't really look at that transition of an athlete to now mm -hmm. being a VP, um, owner of an association. How, how, how did that transition work for you, playing basketball, coaching, and now being in corporate? So the first thing that, you know, sports does is, is that, especially when you come in as a player, uh, you have to learn how to be coachable. And it, it helps you embrace leadership and mentorship because a lot of times our egos get in the way and you think especially when you're a teenager you think you know everything and then once you become an adult you feel that you know everything and so you know a lot of times our ego really gets in the way and we say I ain't about to do this I can't take leadership I can't take direction and so a lot of times when you're playing sports if you can't take leadership or direction you're not going to be successful so in life, you know, it's people that have, have, have been in a journey that know more than you, that have seen things that you have not seen. And so sports, that's the first thing that sports teach you is how to be coachable because someone is trying to show you and teach you how to do something that you may not know how to do, or if you feel that you know how to do it, how to do it better. So you can be the best player you can be, even if you can't see what it is that they see, because they're looking at it from the outside, looking in. So a lot of people can't adjust to corporate America because they don't know how to be coachable. Uh, second thing is that in sports is that to be able to learn how to lead, you got to be able to be a follower. You got to be able to follow somebody. And, um, and so when you generally come in as a sports, very rarely, you know, especially in high school or anything, you know, you always come in as a freshman. You're a freshman when you come in in high school. You're a freshman when you come in in college. And when they go to the NBA, you got to be a good rookie, right? <laughs> or, you're not, you know, or you're not going to be known, right? And so they put you in positions to where you have to learn how to follow because once you become a good follower, then you can become a good leader. And so those are just some of the lessons that sports teach you. But then also it breathes in your competition because sports is always about the survival of the fittest. It's going to be the strongest survive. And, you know, and so it teaches mental toughness. It teaches, you know, not giving up. It teaches going the extra mile, right? It teaches, you know, when you run into that baseline, hey, run through the drill. Don't stop on the drill because life is going to get hard. Do you stop on life? You can't stop 
stop on life. You can stop this drill, but once you quit on a drill, you're going to quit on everything in life, especially when it gets hard. And so the mental toughness aspect of, of sports, it really plays a, a, a huge deal in life. And then also is the, the camaraderie. Um, you start realizing, you know, team, you know, like you, you and Fahim, y'all a team. And it, just imagine if you was running this podcast by yourself, it's a little bit more difficult trying to edit, trying to, you know, schedule time, send out emails, cut things, and then sooner or later, you're going to get to sponsorships and things that nature. It's going to be a lot to handle. You need a team. And so it teaches you how to be a team player, right? And that's something that, you know, people don't realize that the camaraderie, man, being able to accomplish a goal together. When you come by yourself, it don't feel as well to be able to look left and right and you know that you just did something great and be able to look at your, your fellow man to your left and your right and know that y'all did this forever. So no matter what happens in life, that's a point that you can always go back to in reference. Um, and then the last thing is competition. Um, sports teams competition. You know, life, you know, is it's three things that, you know, I, I live by that a, a guy told me. He said, Derek, well, first thing you got to understand is that life is not fair. Now, understand that life is not fair, Nelly. It does not mean that it always have to be unfair to you. Mm-hmm. It's just That's not so fair, true. all right? It's just not fair, okay? And, but it's, it's cool that it's not fair because if I do more, I don't think that you should get the same share that I get if I do more. I, I just believe in that, right? So if I, if I work you and I do things, I feel like I should get a, 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 a equal share. It's, life is not fair, but it don't always have to be unfair to you. The second thing they always told me is that uh, the law does not apply equally to everybody. So you can't you can't get bent out bent out of shape when things are not handled towards you like it's handled towards everybody else. It's not it's not handled equally by everybody. But with the the most profound thing that he told me was that it's not always about what you know, but who you know, because you can know a lot, but it can be one phone call that can change the game for you because you know somebody. And so um, those are just some of the principles. And so once you come there, you know. Hard work is going to get you a lot of places. Competition is going to get you a lot of places, but also being coached, being able to learn and be able to apply those things to your life. And I think that's a lot of things that sports teach you. Mm. I love it. Love it. Oh my gosh. And y'all, if you haven't noticed, Derek changed his Broncos hat. Um. <laughs> God bless and all the stepdaddies, Russell Wilson. <laughs> See, Fahim, I got it from Derek about well, blessed to the stepdaddies. God bless um, the stepdaddies. So, so talk about checkmate. We we have of checkmate sports and um, how you got into that, and then of course I'll pass uh, the the mic over to Fahim. Okay, another another hat change real fast. This is the orange crush uh, color color rush hat right here. They think it's a game, Nelly. We're about to win another Super Bowl. But uh, Checkmate Sports, another brainchild of one of my one of my great friends, uh, Edward Davis, um, uh, NFL PA uh, registered agent, um, NBA PA registered agent. Um, he came up with the brainchild of Checkmate Sports, and um, he wanted to be an agent. Actually, he did, and um, he did insurance and investment with my with myself, and. Um, all of us have passions for sports. And then he realized that you did not need a college degree to become a sports agent. And he, he was saying it, man, about three years ago. He said, Derek, sooner or later, man, they're going to let the NIL, which stands for name, image, and likeness, they're going to allow this to be able to come into the forefront, which now you're going to have more players than ever. And CAA and, and, and Clutch Sports and all these guys are not going to be able to represent everybody. Of course, they're going to get the top of the top, but they're not going to be, be able to get everybody that's involved in the NCAA and things of that nature. And we ain't negotiating contracts. All we're doing is NIL deals and all these kids are working for their phones and doing a parent. He said, Derek is going to be crazy. And uh, he enlisted me and to call me because he knew I had a, a sales background. He knew I could train people and develop people and teach them how to sell and, you know, verbiage and things of that nature. And um, he brought me in and, um, you know, I studied this thing, NIL, uh, you know, I know it backwards and forwards um, and pretty much how, how do these things work, but also be able to help other people become sports agents because now we're seeing now that parents are involved. A lot of parents are involved in their kids' deals, right? But now just imagine if I, hey, if I came to you, you know, you got a son right now and I can say, hey, for him, listen, I know you're very involved with your son. He's about to go to college. And I know your biggest fear for him is that you don't want anybody to take advantage or be able to mismanage your son. And I, I know you feel that way. And, you know, for him, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't think anybody has the, the uh, uh, more vested interest in your son than you. Am I, am I wrong for assuming that? That's a fair mm -hmm. assumption, right? Okay. So, for him, how about we do this? 
we're going to partner together and I'm going to help you become a licensed sports agent. And for and that way you can represent and oversee the day-to-day operations of your son. And we're going to partner together. And that way, listen, we'll just be able to split things down the middle. And that way, you know, and you can still be able to be hands-on with your son. And you can use, we're going to be able to use your relationship with your son and my experience. And we're going to combine them together and make sure that everything's fine. How do you like that idea? Sounds great. Checkmate. Um, Checkmate. (laughs) Checkmate, right. (laughs) Is that the pitch that you would give to LeVar Ball in hindsight? Um, Absolutely. I mean, LeVar Ball, you know, he did it. But, you know, I think it's instead of trying to sign an agent, you know, our our goal at Checkmate Sports is for him is that we don't have to represent your kid. Our goal is is that we're going to make everybody a sports agent. Represent your own kid. The the, the big kids are the big kids. They're going to get represented. You know, we ain't trying to fight over, okay, this kid's number one in the nation, number two in the nation. Hey, listen, all the guys are either going to fight for the the, the the top kids or the super low-hanging fruit. But all the meat and the sandwich is always in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the meat is always the best part. So our goal is, is, hey, how can we attack the meat? Attack the meat by also, it ain't always about what you know, but who you know. And you know your child better than I know your child. So how about you just represent your child? So right now, Checkmate Sports, man, we have, we have, we, and we can, we can, I can't say this factually yet, but I can tell you right now, we've probably have produced the most sports agents um, since NIL has been produced. I think we've had the most sports agents being produced uh, right now to date than any other sports agency in, in North America right now. So we don't have the biggest names of players, but we do have a lot of players that we represent based on the concept and the model that we utilize. Nice. I like the way you've actually taken um, you know, the NIL and just technology and just made that, uh, play that to your advantage. So that's very smart. Um, you're also part of hashtag squad up. You want to yeah. elaborate on what squad up is? Hi, uh, squad up, man. Shout out, shout out to squad up as well, man. You know, I got a lot of great people that allow me to be the leader of, um, but what we specialize is in insurance and investments and, one of the biggest things that I would tell you more than anything that I'm very passionate about is financial literacy. One of the things that I'm most disappointed about is the people that claim to be financial experts um, that has been given misinformation uh, for so long. And when you just talk about a race of people, uh, especially here in the United States, um, me, I think, you know, I, a lot of people can identify as a lot of things, but I, I'm, I'm black. I think everybody can tell, um, you know, so I can't say I identify with anything else. Uh, you know, I could try. Let me see if I put a filter on real fast. Um, but financially, man, we are we are so behind um, because we, we feel that we're playing the same game. But it's, it's different decks. And. I try to teach people, listen, the only way that you can beat the system is that you got to become a part of the system. And so many times we try to uh, um, rise up against the system and say, hey, I want to build another system. No. In the United States of America, Fahim and Nelly, there's only two things that the United States of America understands. And that's money and violence. It's money and violence. Nothing else has been, no, nothing else is like, so when you speak a language, right, you're going to, you got to understand the, the people that you're talking to. So United States of America, I don't know if y'all in Canada that you get the same history of the United States of America as we get, right? But the reason that you all are in Canada is somebody from the South escaped and made their way up to Canada. That's why you're there. So you could trace your lineage back to the slave trade of the United States of America and the British colony, you know, the colonial British and everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so violence, you know, when you talk about the violence that they have, we didn't beat ourselves. <laughs> we didn't try to run away from ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Violence. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, people is, you know, even in the Bible, it says that money is the answer to all things, right? And in the United States of America, they understand money. And so as us being, you know, African-Americans and Blacks in the United States of America, we don't understand it. And I like to show people how to understand it. But what the game has done is that they've, the game understands that, hey, listen, Fahim, I can put you as a part of the money game and I'm going to put you out there to deceive your own people. And so insurance has been one vehicle that we have been deceived in because we have learned how to, uh, well, I ain't gonna say learn, we've been told 
you know, the wrong types of insurances to buy. I don't know how it really works in Canada, but, you know, you pretty much probably have the same policies like whole life, universal life, cash value policies that you have term. Um, and a lot of people, they like to push what they call permanent policies or cash value policies on it because they tell you that those things are a retirement and they're not. When you die, you do not get the cash value. And so just real simple, like I can make you all insurance experts in a matter of two minutes. Nelly, Fahim. Let's say you have a policy on you, right? It's two policies, okay? We got two different policies. Both of them have the exact same face amount. Both of them will pay $150,000 if you die. But one policy you pay for 30, you're going to pay 30 bucks a month. One policy you're going to pay 100 bucks a month. But both policies, when you die, they're going to pay you 150000 Which one would you choose? A $30 one? 30, 30, 30. <laughs> did, did, did I have to twist your arm for that? No. <laughs> Did I have to put a gun to your head for that? Nope. So as, as people, what we teach people is that, hey, listen, you can get more coverage for less money. But what the industry wants to do is to give you less coverage and make you pay more money out your pocket. So if you're paying more money out your pocket and they get to pay less out of theirs, they win. Our goal is, is hey, we're going to try to spend less out of our pocket and get them to spend more out of their pocket. If we die, not if we die, when we die. And so that's the game is that African-Americans, we've been uh, we've been sold the high price, low face amount insurance. So when we die, think about all the people that have died in your family and what they've left you. It is not. And then black people, we buy insurance. Um, however, the companies only give you enough to where the funeral home man is going to benefit because once you die, the first place you're going is to the funeral home. So now you got to buy the cash. You got to get the plot in the ground. You got to get embalmed and everything. So if you got 10 or $15,000, that's the cost of the funeral. If your policy was 10 to $15,000, you didn't leave anything for your family. So now your wife don't have anything. Uh, your kids are not, you know, not financially straight, but for the same amount that you was paying for the 10 or 15,000, Nelly, if you died and I made sure your family had 300,000, life looks a little different. We've been, we've been sold different things. And then the investment deals here is not a lot of black, what we call in, in the United States, registered representatives or investment advisors. It's not a lot of black. Uh, in Canada too, advisors. same issue. They register, register, yeah. yeah. It's not a lot of blacks that represent us. And yeah. so generally we, we our, our biggest uh, investment advice comes from banks or comes from insurance agents that don't have licenses to invest money. They just try to put you in vehicles to where you can save money. And so our money never really grows. And then to be able to talk to the guys, the other guys, they say, hey, Fahim, we can't talk to you unless you got 25 or 200, no, 250,000 because it's not worth my time. You know, it's not too many people, you know, based on our demographics that we can say, hey, you know, they, they have 250,000. So we just try to make it to where Everybody gets the same financial advice. It don't matter if you have $25 or a million dollars. The same thing is the same thing, no matter how much money. And a lot of times we've been deceived by banks. So just think about this fame. I don't know, like I say, uh, I don't know much about Canada, but I'm pretty sure y'all get like auto loans and mortgages and things like that the same way, right? So just think about your debt, right? Who do you owe most of your debt to? Credit cards, auto loans. What kind of company is that? The bank, right? The card. Yeah, like. Banks, right? Banks, right? If you had to go get financial advice, would be the first place you think to go? Bank. Probably the bank, right? The bank. <laughs> yeah. So the person that is keeping you in debt is going to be the person you go to to get out of debt. So that's the same way as like a slave master, a slave asking a slave master. So, master, um, so tell me, how do I get free? Because banks only make money when you in debt. Yep. And so that's how, and so that's how we get screwed. But in here, like they start indoctrinating the kids because when you're in kindergarten, they're gonna have the bankers in your school at kindergarten talking to you about how to get a savings account that don't pay any interest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna teach you about checking like, and they're teaching kids the wrong thing. But nobody teaches a kid how to invest their money and save for retirement, understanding those things. And so that's one of the biggest problems. So what Squad Up and Williams and Associates, that's one of the biggest things that we do is. Uh, try to push financial literacy and do it in a way that is simple. If anybody cannot, if, if you cannot take your financial concept and explain it to a six-year-old child to where they can understand it, they're trying to screw you. And I stand on that 10 toes down. Mm, 94 feet down. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I had to put the pun in there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to see that you're also um, about 
not just on the, the basketball sports side also, but also on the financial literacy. Um, it all ties in because everything with your conversation, what you do is about elevation. So that's why we want to put you for the culture today. So we appreciate, uh, you know, everything that you brought to the table today. Um, no, appreciate you. Now this last, let's go to our last segment. That's absurd. That's absurd. Fahim, bro, what was absurd this week? What was absurd? Not sure how familiar you are with fake clay, but fake yes, clay, <laughs> fake clay pulled the wool over the security's eyes, <laughs> was on the, on the court for a short period of time, and was actually banned this time for impersonating Clay Thompson and actually getting away with it. He got a letter uh, from, I guess, Chase Arena. Uh, and the management laying out the reason why, and he's banned for life. Absurd. Absurd. I, you know what? I, I got a question, Chase Center Security. I don't know about you, Fahim and Derek, but I just feel like there's all some security breach happening at the center. Like, like it, 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 where, where do the people who were protesting uh, PETA, whatever, like, was that Chase? Was that the Jazz? Like where, that was where, where in was Memphis. That, that oh, the was Memphis. Memphis when the girl Minnesota. I think Minnesota. Minnesota. Somebody like Minnesota. Yep. And then I remember like the security has been questionable throughout this entire NBA playoffs. I don't know what's going on. And you know the same security at Chase Center was the same security that didn't know Masai was the president of the Raptors. So I got to question the mm. Chase Center, the security, their personnel, if they. Listen, again, my theory, right? They mm -hmm. thought Masai, they, they didn't know Masai was a, a, a president, like chairman of a team. But this light-skinned youth, the guy that barely, the, the fake clay, walks in a stadium and no one stops him? Why? Because his complexion? Like, I, I feel like if, clay, if, if fake clay was a little bit darker, a little bit tinter, I don't know, man, they would have been like, oh, hold up, hold up, right? Because that team is very beige-like. <laughs> anyway, but my thing is that it's absurd. And what's absurd even more for him is that this guy has no remorse. Like he's very happy. Like he's like, yeah. Like he's like, it's worth it was worth it. So he's banned for life. Derek, what's your thoughts on the Chase Center security at the playoffs and the fact that they didn't know this guy wasn't clay? Like, are, are you blind? Are you blind? Uh, I mean, I, I think the, the first thing, I'm not I'm not mad at fake clay. Um you know, we're in a world of social media, so people do things for clout, you know, they show guys sneaking into Super Bowls and things all the time. I'm more disappointed at the security guards at the, the player's entrance. Clay Thompson is probably outside of Will Chamberlain, okay? You know, Will Chamberlain is probably the greatest warrior ever. It's not going to change that, right? But, you know, Steph Curry. But especially in this day and age, Clay Thompson is a franchise player. Like, this is somebody that you're paying almost $200 million to, right? This is Clay Thompson. And you're telling me that the security guards – in the front of Chase Center, in, in that entrance, did not know who Clay Thompson was. And they felt like, hey, Clay. Then they say, hey, hey, Clay, we got to get this dub tonight. This guy does not look anything like Clay Thompson. I can understand all light-skinned people look alike, but I, I get you, right? Yeah. But he does not look anything <laughs> like Clay. So if anything, like I get, you know, the security team banning him for impersonating the employee, but he didn't impersonate anybody. He just had his Warriors jersey on which the security should have known because the players don't walk in with their uniform on Thank in a you. hoodie. Right? Thank you. And so is the, he didn't impersonate you let him through. No, you thought so he I was. You thought he was yeah, Clay. But he didn't but he didn't say I was Clay Thompson. Do mm -hmm. you know who I am? He just walked through with a cameraman and y'all let both of them through. And he makes it to the floor and shoots some shots. And then you have the, the, the security lady come in and say, hey, do y'all got credentials? Because obviously she know who Clay Thompson is. And she, she say, does. hey. And then, <laughs> then you got somebody that's in the tunnel say, hey, I'm going to take a picture of fake Clay. Hey, we talked on Twitter. <laughs> this guy knew he won Clay Thompson. Everybody knew this was not Clay Thompson except the guy that you got on the door to make sure that everybody's <laughs> supposed to be everybody. So if anybody needs to be banned for life, it needs to be the people that's on the door and on the metal detector because you let this guy in. They need Facts. to be banned, not fake Clay. I agree. Like, whew. I love that. Sorry for you. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I was just going to say um, another layer of absurdity is uh, 
fake clay didn't just pop up this year. No, we we've known fake clay for at least, I'm guessing at least two seasons. I've been seeing the fake clay come around. Right, if this were to happen, say for instance in Boston when the Warriors were on the road, I would give it would make more sense because I'd say, okay, well the Boston meet like the Boston security maybe aren't familiar and maybe can get a pass. But how does fake clay who's been a regular to these games he's been posted up at courtside a few times well um how how are you not familiar enough to know oh is this possibly the fake clay that's here all the time uh, that's one layer that i don't get another layer is um if like i said he's a regular at these golden state games from what i'm seeing more than more than twice i've seen fake clay lower bowl in this situation um you know, now they have like they've always had E40 out there. They have Jay Z courtside, like the Golden State Warriors, right? They're they're a hot ticket. Um, you're gonna throw away that hot ticket that if you've already had access to, you're gonna throw that away just for you know a, a 10 seconds clip on IG that yes, maybe him, hot now. We're talking him, about it, but for him, he will say yes. He will say yeah, absolutely. This man, he's famous. He's famous forever, and on, on top of that, um. I think it's interesting that you're running security for an NBA finals. How do you not, not, not have a person of interest or at least a list of people to look out for that are, mm -hmm. that could potentially be, a, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just yeah. like, the security team is a whole failure. Like the head security, because I would have, I would have think you guys, this is a finals. You have to be extra cautious on who comes on the court. It's the NBA finals guys. Mm -hmm. That's, That's who wrote the letter. That's who wrote the letter was the head of security to him. I mean, like I say, I think the biggest fair, I mean, you can go to the head of security and, you know, I don't know if fake clay ever attempted to go through the entrance. That's probably his first time and saying, Hey, I'm about to infiltrate. But if I'm clay Thompson, I think it's just really time for me to go ahead and, and leave golden state. Um, because if the guys that are working the front door do not know who I am, like dag, I know I've been out for two seasons but I won, I won, you know, three championships here. You know, I played in five. I, I'm game, I'm game six play. You know, I, listen, I, I, I shoot, I'm a splash brother. I know Jordan Poole is coming up, but I'm a splash brother. Jordan Poole's name, his last name is Poole because of me and Steph. He had to make, <laughs> he had to make the water reference work. And you're telling me that a guy can walk in that looks nothing like me. We just both nothing. light skin. Just light skin. And, That's it. And then y'all say, hey, Clay, go get the dub. Like, Are they even the same height? Are they even the same height? Like, I don't even I think don't they're know. the same height. Like, but it's like the security guard inside knew who it was. But your people on the door did not know who it was. Clay, it's time to go, man. Listen, we, you know, Clay, <laughs> come over here with LeBron, man. And uh, we'll send Westbrook up there to uh to, to go and stay. Clearly, and, uh, Derek's a Lakers fan. Clearly, Derek's well, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron, I'm a LeBron, LeBron fan. Clearly. I'm a LeBron fan. Only, only, only LeBron fan would ever say stuff like that. Send Clay <laughs> up to the Lakers and Westbrook. Lakers, come yeah. on now. They ain't yeah, send, give, 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 give us LeBron, you know. Hey, I mean, oh. give, us, give us Clay, man. Y'all, they, they don't appreciate Clay in San Francisco. Oh you know? <laughs> I want to send a quick shout out to uh fake drake he's 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 showing you how to be a fake impersonator and doing it well uh fake drake apparently is uh, he's uh he's performing uh, last time i checked he's getting five grand for a performance to be drake uh you know he's seeing his moment and i guess fake clay and fake drake are very much the same neither look like they vaguely look like the person they're impersonating Except uh, fake Drake is not getting banned. He's being accepted and doing interviews while fake Clay has just written himself out of history. Go ahead. Well, you know what? What is it with these light skin? Like, I don't want to, okay, I don't want to have the light skin, I don't want to have the light skin conversation. The same thing. I was, I was but, saying the same thing. <laughs> what is it with these light skin men that want to personate people that are alive? They're alive, guys. <laughs> They're alive. Why are we? I mean, I, 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 I remember fake Kawhi in Toronto. That was a thing. I remember him at the parade, but. There's two fake clay now, fake Drake. I just can't, guys. And they're paying him 5K for him. That's absurd. That's yeah. absurd. Absurd part two, Derek. 
Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who I look like, you know, because uh, if I can get five grand just to, you know, just appear and just pop up somewhere, I'm with it. So I'm just, you know, I'm about to go and probably, you know, they got the Instagram thing where you can just go and scan your face. They tell you what celebrity you look like. Right. So I'm about to go and see, you know, who who I who who favors me a little bit. Who I who I favor. If I get my uh. eyes a little, if I get my eyes a little bigger, man, I might try to be the fake Bobby Porters or something like that. Like, you, know, <laughs> so you know, we got we you know we got we know we got this thing going on. So you know, yeah. I might be the fake fake Bobby. Uh, you know, you know, they tell me I look like the rock a little bit, you know, with my muscles and everything too. So um, you know, you know, I might I might step in and do some impersonation for the rock. You know, I get a little I get a little Idris Elba, you know, from time to time. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know, you want to know, just, five K, please email. I got Joe Budden. I get you that got all the time. You get Joe, you get Joe uh, Button, really? Yeah, I hear that all the time. I'm like, okay, sure. I've gotten a few, but I won't say it on the podcast. I'll tell you guys offline. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm get those fans come after me. Hey, I was just telling you, you know, I'm just, you know, these muscles, man, Janelle, you know, it's just hard being a guy, man, with, you know, these, 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 these 27 inch pythons, you know, you can't really see them too much, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 27 inch pythons and everything, okay. but, um, yeah, it's hard, you know, but you're making it look easy, Derek. You make it, it is, it is hard looking like the rock, man. <laughs> you know, rock, you need to pay me as well, man. I need, you know, all, all this, you know, cause you know, I'm the better looking one, but you know, rock, you know, shout out to the rock. Shout out to shout the rock. Out. All right. So, Nellie J, say let's put this episode in the books. Y'all, that was episode 96. 96. Ooh. So, guys, as you know, it is rewinding down. And Derek, as our special guest, we love to give you the chance to give your, to give your people them a shout out. So, the floor is yours. All right, shout out to the 94 Feet family, guys. Uh, none of this would be possible without the 94 Feet family. So, uh, Cam, man, appreciate you for being the brainchild. Uh, Rav, Maul, um, you know, definitely appreciate y'all. Pops, what's up, Pops? You know, hey, man, keep getting everybody up while uh, popping with Pops in the morning. Everybody that comes through the 94 Feet podcast, man, the show love. Uh, Nella, we appreciate you for being, you know, a constant supporter of, of 94 Feet. And, um, you know, we look forward to doing big things. And, man, just everybody, man, just shout out for everybody, man, just you know, being able to come together, especially, you know, Nelly and Fahim, y'all platform, opening the doors, uh, you know, and just working together, you know, uh, run sports as well. Um, everybody that is just really, you know, come together, you know, and just bring so much from 94 feet. I just look at 94 feet as just a melting pot. And I'm just seeing people just crossing over and being able to help everybody, uh, you know, Rand Pat, you know, Ivory, uh, B. Chill, Quinn Cook, um, you know, all the mm -hmm. brothers that come through there as well. Um, you know, and like I say, uh, the Coach D's of the world, the ends, you know, in sports scouts that just really give so much information uh even though we get heated in there um in our debates definitely appreciate y'all man shout out to checkmate sports as well um edward davis and all the guys that have come through there man we definitely appreciate uh appreciate him like i say uh he's been so you know very very inspirational to me and the squad up family man definitely love y'all man and um definitely pushing financial literacy uh and making sure that people get their money right you know especially in 2022 we got to make sure we get our money right understand our money because now the information is available and it's no longer excuse and so um you know just want to keep pushing the culture forward man and just really just succeeding and showing that um we're, we're not just as good as anyone but we can be better than anyone as well and so um definitely definitely appreciate you all's platform and uh give me the opportunity to get on no wow i love nice. that shout out i'm like mm -hmm. it was amazing and girl if dirk forgot your name don't get mad okay it, don't it, get it, mad don't get mad please, 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 don't get blame mad. it on the brain not the heart yeah, exactly. Don't worry, exactly. Don't worry about it. Janelle. If I if I get, I told him, man, I'm moving to the six. I'm about to be the new six guy. <laughs> well, I, look, I, look, I, I, I identify as Drake now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Derek is so funny. Okay, so I'll give my shout out. My shout out to you, Derek. Someone who always has a, a positive vibe. I, I rarely ever see you in Clubhouse or anywhere like down or negative or annoying you're always like a, a positive energy even when you're upset you're always making a joke like you're just someone that is always emulating um you know great vibes so thank you for um always for accepting me the, the only i think canadian girl in that room sometimes so appreciate and that Broncos fan. Broncos <laughs> and Broncos fan. fan yes yes Absolutely. um but no thank you for coming to podcast and guys we're gonna have all this information um 
like the links to his companies, everything. So if you want to learn more about what he's doing, please reach out. Let's network. Let's connect. It's all about bringing our us together as people, as a community. So thank you, Derek, for all the work you do. Okay. Um, <laughs> my, my last, my, my second shout out, I should say, is to Serena Williams. Um, it was announced that my girl Serena will be playing in the Wimbledon. Wimbledon, y'all. And she, it's been a year. Okay, Won't so I'm excited for it. her to through her debut. I love watching her, so I'll be watching it. I, I, don't, I don't expect her to win, but the fact that she's coming back into the tennis world, like we've missed her. I'm sorry, like it's been good, but I miss Serena. I miss <laughs> miss Serena playing, so I'm happy, excited for that. So shout out to Serena. I wish you all the success and the best and health as you, you know, embark that's my on your <laughs> as your wife. <laughs> and you yeah, you see, so Derek Williams. Oh, that's Serena true, Williams. Serena Williams. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like Ray J, man. I was first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so big up, Serena. Big up, Serena. I'm about to get to you for you. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Derek, you're a joke. All right. So um, appreciate you coming through. Shout out to Derek um, and your 94 Feet podcast. Um, definitely want to uh, big you up. Uh, I was really impressed by the For the Culture segment. You really, um, like I said, uh, both sides, sports, financial literacy, just community itself. Um, so we want to big you up with that. I um, also want to send a quick shout out to uh, Fred Van Vliet. Um, the NBA draft is coming up and Fred Van Vliet, he's doing a lot of things. But one thing I did find out uh, that he is, uh, when he was, let's see, the draft combine, he worked out for 18 teams over 30 days. So it's a little bit of inspiration for people where for 30 days, in 30 days, he did 18 different teams. He And as we know, he went undrafted, so no one picked him up. And here he is now uh, still thriving in the NBA. So it's still something that, you know, if the door gets slammed in your face, I will seek another opportunity, keep it moving. So shout out to Fred Van Vliet with that. Bet on and yourself. On that, that's right. Bet on yourself, <laughs> no doubt. And on that note, Nelly J, let's put this episode in the books. Y'all, that was episode 96. So guys... Hey. If you had a good time, if you enjoyed yourself, like, subscribe, and tell a friend to tell a friend for him. <laughs> we are on all platforms if you're looking for us. That's Good Rookies Podcast, episode 96. Derek, we appreciate you, man, and we out. God bless and all the stepdaddies. God bless and all the stepdaddies. <laughs> <laughs>